talk about another conference that's coming up in a couple of weeks. It is the Ontario chapter of uh, the Gospel Coalition. Yeah, the Gospel Coalition. So uh, I love that group. I follow them on Facebook and and subscribe to some of their podcasts. They're Uh, they're new to me, but I really I I really admire the people that we've uh, heard from so far. Yeah, I mean we're going to hear from a couple of people that are going to be speaking at the conference on the 16th and 17th. Uh, One is Dwayne Klein. The other is Linda Bartsey. Uh, they're going to be doing a couple of the workshops, really, really enlightening and challenging and uh, intriguing topics as well. Yeah, hard topics like mm-hmm. like topics that um, they really they really test where you stand uh, um, within the gospel. In fact, well, how about this? So the title of the workshop that Dwayne Klein and Dwayne Klein is the pastor of Houston Street Baptist Church in downtown Hamilton, Old Steeltown, where my wife is from. Uh, the title of his workshop is Revival's Responsibility. Who thinks of Revival's revival sp- Responsibility, right? Anyway, it's Revival's Responsibility as reflected in Isaiah chapter 58. And uh, so we got a chance to c- catch up with them and ask him a little bit about that workshop. And, uh, and here's what Dwayne had to say. Dwayne, not only are you speaking and doing one of the workshops at the Gospel Coalition Conference coming up on October 16th and 17th, but you're also one of the founding members of the Ontario chapter, right? That's right, yes. So how long has the Ontario chapter of the Gospel Coalition been around? So we actually had our first conference back in uh, 2009. And uh, so it was back in 2008 that we began to work on a Gospel Coalition chapter in Uh, Ontario with council member John Mahaffey and myself. Obviously, the Gospel Coalition as a whole, as a ministry, has a mission. Maybe you can share uh, that overall mission of that ministry and maybe why you guys were driven to bring that to Ontario. Yeah, so that's a great question. The, The Gospel Coalition is really concerned about the centrality of the gospel and the good news of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be a, a center um, based gospel movement that encourages pastors and elders and missionaries uh, that we have the privilege of interacting with to be gospel-centered set in our mission and vision in terms of what God's calling us to. And so when John Mahaffey was invited to be a council member um, with the Gospel Coalition, he uh, encouraged me to kind of join with him as a like-minded believer and uh, colleague in the gospel and seeing how we could replicate some of this in our own country uh, here in Ontario. That's excellent. I mean, uh, everywhere needs that, right? We need to be pulled back to orthodoxy where the gospel is the center of our focus. I- I'm really excited about your workshop. I'm going to be up there on the 16th and 17th, uh, you know, with our booth with WDCX. But I-, I hope I can pull myself away because I really want to go to your workshop. It's titled... Revival's Responsibility in Isaiah 58. You're talking about God's heart for justice, right? I am, yeah. That's one of the things I love to talk about. I've lived in one of Canada's poorest communities for the last 21 years. Mm, Where is that? Um, So I am downtown Hamilton in what's called the north end of Hamilton. And when I came here uh, just over 20 years ago, I'm in my 21st year now, it was the third poorest community statistically in all of Canada. And so I grew up in a middle-class home, uh, great home, out in rural Ontario. I didn't understand poverty. I didn't understand justice. I mean, we did the annual, let's go to the local men's mission and clean up, you know, paint some walls and scrub some toilets. And we did the World Vision, you know, 30-hour famine and send some money to help people that are marginalized. But, I mean, outside of a few um, 
moments like that in my life, I'd never come face to face with people that struggled on a daily basis mm. um, with, with barriers to healthy living and what that looks like for them. So peace is together for us. So you're talking about Isaiah 58. You're talking about God's heart for justice. What does this have to do with revival and revival's responsibility? Yeah, so God's really clear that when he begins to revive our hearts, and you start to look at Isaiah 58, where the first few chapters, as he's, or first few verses, sorry, of Isaiah 58, where he's talking to Judah specifically about the impending judgment that's going to come, he says, you, you're showing up at the temple. He says, in fact, you're even fasting. But he calls what they're doing useless. He, he, he equates them with a bent reed, and a bent reed is useless. Um, and he says, you're going through all the motions. You know, you're showing up, you're reading scripture, you're praying. In fact, he says you're even fasting. But instead of acting in a godly way, you're actually not paying the workers what they deserve. You're actually ending up in fistfights. And then God moves on and he says, this is what true fasting is like. And so he says, when your heart is truly transformed by the gospel and you truly appreciate what God has done for us, and now we know that's, of course, completely in Christ and by his accomplished work and shed blood, he says, this will radically change your life. And then he offers a few ways that it changes our life. He says, true fasting causes you to lose chains of injustice and untie a uh, yoke that is oppressive. He, he says, true justice causes you to feed the hungry and provide the wanderer with shelter. And so he talks about how true justice that comes from a heart that's been transformed will affect the way you live radically. Okay, if, if you're getting, if you're really experiencing revival, God is infusing you with his heart. And if God's infusing you with his heart, then he's going to give you his heart for others, right? That, no, that's exactly it. Because God, it's interesting even, when you look at the, the beautiful account of Jesus washing the disciples' feet, when he's washing the disciples' feet and he's done uh, doing that, he doesn't say to them, now, who's going to wash my feet? He says, now you go wash each other's feet. This God's saying, you want to know how you thank me for my work in your life? You now go do this for other people. And how do I ever thank God for him so working in my life that not only do I not get hell, but I'm adopted into his family as a son or a daughter? Well, I thank him by, by dying to self so others can live. I, I follow Christ's example. And so we live off less and we give away more. We sacrifice our lives. We teach our children what it means to welcome people into your home that are struggling with mental health issues or that are, mm-hmm. are wrestling with day-to-day, um, uh, you know, living. And, and we model that for them and then for others in our church family so that as people see that, it's something that people see, this is how Christians should live. So he, he's living in downtown Hamilton. Um, you know, before it was hip to do these things and before, you know, it was, it was kind of okay to be uh, living in the downtown. Uh, it, I remember Hamilton in the days that he went there. It was mm. it was a bit of a rough place to to put it really nicely. Twenty, 20 years ago, that, that's an area that you you wouldn't really want to uh, your for your car to break down. Is that what you're saying? And, and, yeah, yeah, that would uh, that'd be putting it nice too. <laughs> um, but the thing is, though, it still has a bit of that reputation in people my age, mm. right? Even though the city's kind of undergone a bit of a, a revival, um, but you know, even though it's some some things have improved there. You're still you're still looking at the the same kind of issues. You're still looking at, you know, people who are trying to live their lives, people who are trying to find out well, what works for them. Uh, and I, I like when he talks about the Gospel Coalition starting in 2009 to encourage ministers of all kinds mm. uh, to set the gospel as the centerpiece of ministries. Well, when he, when he talks about things like true fasting, um, 
It is a cornerstone to action. It results in true justice, which causes us to feed the hungry and shelter the wanderer. And, uh, and I think you said it, Michael, if God has infused you with his heart, then he will give you his heart for others. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is true. Suddenly, it, it doesn't seem beneath you to humbly serve others when, when our hearts have been aligned with God. Well, what does he mean by that true fasting, though? I mean, is there... You know, this is something really to ponder, I guess. But is that really to say um, that is it's a life, a lifestyle of fasting you're doing without or you're sacrificing so that you can be about uh, spreading revival? Well, he he says you live off less so mm. you can give away more mm. now. And I think that covers a real wide range, you know, not just our not just our uh, our food intake, but our financial uh, responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, doing with less so we can give away more. You know, it, I think it, it is a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle of service. And, and it's not popular to say sometimes because people think, oh, now I got to live in poverty. That's not it. Mm. That really isn't it. It's, it's looking to become part of, uh, somebody's life. Yeah. I mean, that's really talking about, uh, that really kind of throws back to the first century new Testament church where, uh, it was kind of I don't want to say communal living, but they had all things in common and they were right. really part of each other. And actually, you know, that goes back to us interviewing uh, several folks with C- Christian Community Development Association in incarnational living. You know, Dwayne Klein talked about that, but you know what? We better take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear a little bit about Dwayne and what he had to say about incarnational living and being a part of the community. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Crossing Borders. Labor Day comes and goes. Kids start back to school and the leaves become a beautiful collage of colors. Fall is the best time to reestablish routines or start something new. Whether it's new or renewed, isn't it time to make church a part of your life? We're all looking for something more out of life, something that gives us purpose, direction, a sense of community. For the past 2,000 years, people have found these things in churches like Full Gospel Church on Carlton Street in St. Catharines. Full Gospel is made up of people like you and me, where we can reconnect with God and relationships with church, family, and community. It's a place where together we can grow, laugh, and play, worship, and learn about God that loves us unconditionally. Make this fall the season to reconnect. Sunday services at Full Gospel Church start at 10 a.m. and is located at 376 Carlton Street between Vine and Niagara in St. Catharines. Full Gospel Church on Carlton, where connecting with each other is not just a slogan, it's what they do. Is marriage more than just staying together? WDCX and Focus on the Family Canada present international speaker and author Gary Thomas on his 14-city Canadian tour, Building a Lifelong Love. Discover how to live out a sacred marriage. Gary Thomas will be in Oshawa at the Embassy Church Tuesday, November 17th with comedian Leland Clausen. Tickets are only $15. Join us this fall for Gary Thomas. For all the tour details and tickets, head to funandfaith.ca. It's a border crossing you don't mind spending an hour with. Crossing Borders starts now. You heard, uh, have you heard that uh, comedian Lee Ling guy? Just a little bit. He, he's really, really funny. You're not going to want to miss uh, some of the events that we're spon- WDCX is sponsoring this fall. Uh, you can always hear more if you tune in to WDCX Monday through Friday in our afternoon programming from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Worship 1 to 3 with Carrie Cardinale from 1 to 3 and then Lifeline 3 to 6. 
uh, is the place to tune in if you want to hear more about what's going on in the Christian community around Western New York and in Ontario, Canada, including one event that's coming up on October 16th and 17th, and that is the Ontario chapter of the Gospel Coalition, their conference coming right to the Toronto area. Yeah, yeah, that uh, they'll be getting together all the uh, all the folks that uh, uh, are part of the coalition mm-hmm. and um, spending some time together, and there'll be workshops and all these other other kinds of events, uh, speakers and whatnot. But getting getting back to what uh, uh, Dwayne was talking about before the break, uh, you know, we we talk about uh, understanding where we stand within within Christianity within the cross. Uh, when when we understand though that the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ allows us to stand before God. Christ took our place on the cross in a, mm. in, in a payment sense, in a, in a literal sense. When, when we have Christ in us, though, we, we experience this value shift. And this value shift is, uh, it allows us to value others the way God values them. And it, it, we've discussed it before, but in James one twenty seven it says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's, uh, that's pure religion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we really fleshed that out when, uh, in previous episodes where we talk about uh, the marginalized. And, of course, we had the great folks on from uh, Christian Horizons and talking about that segment of our population, our population. Yes, they are. And uh, but they would be considered marginalized and who else is marginalized. And when our hearts are revived, what should that do? Should our uh, perspective change towards those that are in the margins? And uh, and that's really what they're talking about. And and if we're going to do good, if if we're going to, you know, pure religion, uh, the outworking of our faith. Right. Is what I would say. That is that the things we do, the outworking of our faith if it's pure is reaching out to those that we don't really get much back from, um, but we are reaching out and that's really what crossing borders is about too. Right. Re- reaching out from beyond our comfort zone. And I, and I know that's one of the tags and, and we say that, but it really is true. And, and it just as, you know, we, we say social gospel and people's minds immediately shift to, Oh, okay, well they're, you know, they're trying to do it through works and, and right. we've, we've talked about that, but look, the the social gospel without Jesus being at the center of everything is incomplete. Mm-hmm. And, but the gospel without works, without doing the other part, it's also incomplete in our day-to-day living. Yeah, we've got to get a little bit more tangible. I mean, that's what God did, right? Right. God left his rightful place on the throne, and he came and, uh, and, and, and came into the hood of humanity. He relocated, and uh, and now he he incarnated. He was with the people— and, uh, and that's the same kind of thought that we wanted to ask Dwayne about. And here's what Dwayne had to say about uh, incarnational living and being a part of the community. You are really talking about the gospel being a very present part of your life and that infecting other people's life. It reminds me of this organization called Christian Community Development and, uh, and this idea of incarnational living. Yeah. Going and, and that's listen. actually the term I like to use. I, I for years, I, we've never called ourselves a missional movement, that which is the big word today. We've always called ourselves incarnational. Yeah, I mean that that denotes a little bit more, right? I mean, missional sometimes can seem like okay, we got all the answers and we're bringing it to you. Right. Whereas incarnational, we're we're living with you and we're uh, co-laboring with you. We're being a part of your community. 
That's, that's exactly it. So, I mean, a number of people from our church have moved into our neighborhood, right? We live here. In mm-hmm. fact, as now, 21 years later, we have waterfront in our neighborhood. So as some of it's gentrifying, we've been one of the main voices with our city of Hamilton, with the Board of Education, with other uh, partners that are here that we work with continually to say, we don't want less subsidized housing in our neighborhood when our neighborhood's changing. We want more. And they're listening. They're inviting us to meetings. We get to speak into things. We we provide in, in the school system uh, and work with other organizations that are doing this, but like breakfast programs and assist with some tutoring. We, we, we help with some coaching, and we also provide a number of programs at our church where the more marginalized can come for food and clothing, but more than that, for socialization, an opportunity to hear the gospel. So every week at our ministries, we have a verse of the week where people can hear about Christ. And, and for us, all of that comes from a heart that's transformed by God, and you don't do this to earn favor with God. You do this in appreciation for what Christ has done for you. Mm. You know, I, I really okay. So I want to I want to challenge you a little bit. I know you're going to have the answer, right? So, uh, but I, I don't know if I will. But go ahead, and challenge. <laughs> I'm in. So, I mean, is this you, you talk about the heart of justice? Well, I, there's a lot of social justice movements out there, and I remember driving around with a friend that was part of a social justice. Um, uh, organization, right? And I said, I said, listen, what are you guys doing for the gospel? Because if it's just a social gospel, right. it's not really the gospel at all. Where do we tie these two together? Well, I, I express that all the time. That's one of the reasons I love being a part of the Gospel Coalition and its movement, because it's a gospel-centered set movement. And so one of the things I so appreciate about it is Christ is the centerpiece of what we do and what he has accomplished for us, uh, uh, you know, grafting us into the Father's family and allowing them the, the Spirit to come and reside within us. And so then out of this fullness of what God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is doing in us, we're able to go out and share that with others. And one of the means of sharing that is through uh, justice um, and, and justice activities. However, it is always a platform for us to be able to share our faith, you know, praying for open doors, doing so appropriately. But we do this because of what God has done in us. And if all we do is offer, you know, breakfast and food and tutoring and whatever it would be, without any inclination that we're doing this or verbal proclamation of the fact that this is because of what God's done in our life, we could be any government agency or, or a social program, but we are the church. We are God's redeemed people, and we are to be the people that boldly proclaim that we do this because of what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of people say that we should just live out an action, you know, the love of Christ, but they need to hear our words, too. They need to hear why we're doing this. What is our motivation? And they need to hear that with our lips. Yeah, I agree. I, when you speak of the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about when he comes to Corinth, right, the pagan city of Corinth with the Greek goddess Aphrodite being worshipped there and all the mess that was in Corinth, in chapter 2, he says, I resolved, which is a strong word. It means I decided, I determined to know nothing while I was with you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. And I think that's got to be, as we go into the, the world, that's, that's what makes us different. When you sit around meetings with city officials, with people from the Board of Education, you know, everyone around the table may have compassionate hearts for the poor. And, and I like to think of compassion as, as helping someone in their time of need. I think of justice as eliminating what causes the need. Wow. There's a lot of things that will drive people. What, what drives us? God is a just God. Mm-hmm. His justice has been supremely shown in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I have the privilege now of a child of God of living justly because of what God has done in my life. When we think about justice, Mick, um, what do we think about? I mean, we think that God is going to set things right and he's going to lay down the law. 
Yeah. But but that's I, I think that's just a just a not not full enough explanation of what justice really is. Justice is really uh, making all things right. Well, and and there is uh, there is that element also. You know, when you we talk about stuff like social justice, again, the 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 insinuations or the things that pop into your head aren't necessarily the way Scripture references them. You know, first of all, in, incarnational living, sharing life with those that really need to hear the message of Jesus, uh, contributing on a mutual interest level that isn't patronizing or condescending, but living life and seeking justice together. It's not. It's not something that. I put on my social justice Cape Crusader hat and go in there and say, I will create social justice. Mm-hmm. It's a, it really is a, a life of service. You know, it's a, it's a living together and trying to do things together. There's a balance. I mean, right. I mean, we can always fall in one ditch or the other. We're really good about preaching and, and sharing what we think. And, and most of the time that's really just voicing our opinion a good, good many times, absolutely. You know, but we're using our words, and uh, or we get in the other side where where we do a lot of good, and it's but it just seems more humanitarian. If we only if we only do good works, but we don't explain the motivation behind what's driving us to do that, then we're not we're 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 helping people, but we're not bringing them back to uh, reconciliation with God. And that everyone that is under the sound of our broadcast today. That is your ministry. The Bible says that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And, and that really what it, that's really what it is, to reconcile people to God and to each other. And, and people have to know that. We can do good, but if we, don't, if we don't explain why we're doing it, then we're not bringing them back to God. Right. And the idea of trying to do justice without Jesus as our motivator, in, in my opinion, uh, turns what my dad would call uh, into bleeding heart liberalism, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. basically it, this translates into subjugating a, a whole component or a whole group of people into a state of dependency, uh, by addressing everything except the problem, mm-hmm. except the lifestyle, right? Uh, we haven't solved anything if, if we haven't addressed the root cause. And yet as followers of Christ, we are called to be part of the solution. And that, that falls back into that. Let's live life together. You know, let's do this together. It also goes back to uh, what we talked about before, pure religion, pure and undivided religion, that outworking of our faith. Okay, that's good. But it made me think, well, okay, let's bring it together. What does this justice or this working out of our faith, what does it have to do with the gospel? And and are they really uh, that closely related? So we asked Wayne about it. We said, how how is justice part of the gospel? And here's what he had to say. Uh, How does justice... How is that part of, quote-unquote, the gospel? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, I mean, justice is part of the gospel because we, we start by realizing that God himself is just. Justice is part of the character of who God is. And because the gospel is God, right, God is the gospel. I love, I love that, that phrase. Um, we start by understanding that this is who God is. And so as we then become... Uh, we're saved by God, we're grasped by His grace, and then we grow in sanctification and becoming, uh, in growing and knowing what it means to be His children. We then have the privilege as we grow to understand that this gospel that has taken effect in our lives changes everything. Because the gospel isn't just about the fact that I'm saved. It's not just fire insurance from hell. Mm-hmm. The gospel is God's radical transformation of every element of my life. Right. It's life transforming. And then it opens up doors and opportunities. People come to you and say, 
you know, so you take Isaiah 58 as an example. As, as part of my workshop, I will talk a bit about how you have healthy boundaries and what do you do because you, you know you mm. you can't you can't be doing this 120 hours a week. At some point, God does call us to rest. At some yeah. point, we need to be refreshed by the Spirit and strengthened by Him to go back out again. But but as you live lives like this, and people want to know what your motivation is, they're like. Because often the world will do react to a crisis momentarily, and they'll help out, you know, out of the surplus they have. But when Christians sacrifice and die to self so others can live, it's such a radical way of living that they look at you and say, why are you doing this? And it opens up this amazing door to share, let me tell you what Christ has done for me. Let me tell you how radical this is. Let me tell you what God did in coming down in the personal work of Jesus Christ and giving up the comfort of all of glory and that the author of life dying, the great physician bleeding, you know, and, and, and he does that for me, the, the wrath of the Father crushing the Son on the cross, he going through Christ, a God-forsakenness, so I never need to. I never need to be God-forsaken. Christ did that on my behalf. That's why he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those doors open up, and then you have this amazing chance to share, this is why I want to act justly. I have a just God who saved me because of what Christ has done and has changed my life. If you're listening to our program, sign up for the Gospel Coalition Conference that's coming up the 16th and 17th. And forget all the other workshops. Just, just go to Dwayne's, right, Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> there are some other great workshops, but okay, I'd love to have all right. you there. I'd love to be able to engage with people. If, if even what I've said now has intrigued some of you to come and learn more, or if, if there are people that are listening that, that don't agree, I'm happy to be in dialogue with people and, uh, and talk about what it means that when Christ really grips our lives, um, that true fasting out of Isaiah 58 mm-hmm. is our life lived out radically. So there's going to be a little bit of time, a question to answer during the workshops? Yeah, we will have time for question and answer uh, during the workshop. Wow. I'll walk through the passage a bit, talk about it, share some of our experience here, let people know about some of the open doors that God has granted, and then take some time for questions and answers and hear what some people are thinking and, and um, just go back and forth a bit. How valuable is that? Listen, Dwayne, uh, since you're part of the found, uh, the founding members of the Gospel Coalition or the Ontario chapter, uh, tell us how can people get signed up and registered for the conference? We only got a couple of weeks. This is October 3rd, so we only got two weeks now. Uh, how can they get registered? Yeah, they can go on the Gospel Coalition's website and then find the Ontario chapter. It's there. Or go on ontario.thegospelcoalition.org. Okay. And um, they can register there. So they can register online. They just go on, they click on to the registration, and they can register for the conference. And we'd love to have them there. All right. The Ontario.thegospelcoalition.org. That's right. All right. Fantastic. I mean, I'm thrilled. Like, I mean, WDCX has really uh, come alongside of this. And, I mean, we have just really appreciated your support. It's been, it's been phenomenal. Dwayne Klein, pastor of Houston Street Baptist Church, Thank you so much for being on Crossing Borders. I look forward to connecting with you on the 16th and 17th. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you at the uh, at the conference as well, and thank you so much for the time. And that uh, that website, the Gospel Coalition, all one word, dot org, thegospelcoalition.org. If you want to find out specifically about the conference that's coming up uh, on the 16th and 17th, go right to the, the Ontario chapter. It's, on, it's www.ontario.org. Dot the gospel org. That'll take you right to the Ontario chapter and you can click right on 2015 uh, conference. So what about it, Mick? What'd you think about uh, uh, Pastor Dwayne Klein? You know, I, I like what he said about uh, justice being part of the character of God, you know, and you've said, you know, the gospel is God, but justice is part of his character. Hmm. And therefore it is part of the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. It, it is. And it is important to remember. I, I like that statement. The gospel isn't just, you know, fire insurance from hell and, and, and all those uh, snappy little preacher things that come zooming out. But <laughs> the truth is, it's about dying to self and living for a higher purpose. That's not popular to say. Yeah. That is not popular to say. You know, the idea that it's not about me in a me culture, you know, it's because it, it, according to culture, it is all about me. Well, they, you, they tell you just, me that. You just might find yourself and your fulfillment at the end of yourself. And it's, there's no bite about it. When you die to yourself and you live for the kingdom, that's when you really start living. And that's what we want you to do on Crossing Borders. Die to yourself. Get outside of your comfort zone and reach out to a hurting world. The Gospel Coalition on the 16th and 17th, you don't want to miss it. Go to Ontario.thegospelcoalition.org. Our thanks to Pastor Dwayne Klein of Houston Street Baptist Church in Ontario. So uh, 